0: Presence is really the essence of this ancient yogic teaching, the clear way. The clear way is an unseen presence. And when you align with this presence through the discipline of now, You align with the unseen intelligence of the entire universe. The entire universe. So sadhana, yogic teachings and practices, is a purification process you purify the mind of conscious tendencies as well as unconscious tendencies. And the unconscious tendencies is most of what you struggle with on a daily basis. You can have a profound revelation, a profound awakening, to the living truth that you are, and experience moments of bliss. But states of bliss have a beginning, a middle, and an end. They do not last. The yogic practices of Ramana Maharshi align you with the Tariya state, which is stateless, it does not have a beginning does not have an end, does not have a middle. It is the constant aware intelligence of the entire universe alive in your heart. But knowing that actually does nothing for you. It does nothing for you to know or understand yogic practices if you do not apply them. So yes, context is important. It's, under, it's important to understand the science of the Vedas. And it is a science. Because as a human being, you have a body and you have electromagnetic energy that animates the body. And it's this electromagnetic light that you are. It's a frequency of light that is unique to you. And many eons of incarnation are stored in this electromagnetic light field, which animates the body. Which animates your body. So the DNA, the genetics, your sight, your sense of smell and taste and hearing is only possible because of the electromagnetic light that you are, which is a frequency of light. So this discipline of now is a purification of this energy field because the karma, the parabdha karma, your destiny, the reason you incarnated on this planet is stored in the electromagnetic field. It's what gives life to your body, gives life to your genetics, gives life to your actions, reactions, thoughts. So the nature of suffering is extremely complex. And in ancient times, they were very, very aware of what it takes to align with the intelligence of the universe, which is contained in the sound OM, the primordial sound, the sound of silence, the sound of Terea. This is the sound of taria. Om. Um, and the silence after, right? So having the context is important, but if it remains in this intellectual conversation, there's a lot of talking going on around the world about the teaching of Ramana Maharshi, Papaji, Gangaji, different teachers, different perspectives. And the focus tends to be on awakening, which is instant and easy. Awakening to the conscious awareness that you are. But to abide as the living truth is completely different. It requires the discipline of now. The discipline of now. We don't necessarily equate discipline to freedom. A very immature or shallow perspective of freedom is I can do whatever I want, I can say whatever I want, I can go and be and do and have whatever I want. But discipline doesn't factor into that very immature and shallow thinking. But if you are going to master the very powerful force of your mind and thoughts and emotions and stuff that you know nothing about, the vasanas, eons and eons of karma, you must align with the living eternal now which is what you actually are as the Turiya state, which is stateless. Ramana is famous for saying, if you look at a policeman, it doesn't make you a policeman. If you look at a policeman, it doesn't make you a policeman. What is he talking about? If you look in the source of your heart, if you look deeply into your heart, you can see for yourself a vast void. Sometimes it appears dark, sometimes it appears as pure presence, light. You can give your attention to that, but you cannot maintain that perspective as you move through your life, because of the impurity of karma. This word is bantered around all the time. People talk about karma, but it's an actual energy force that's unconscious. The vasanas are unconscious to you. So in order To free yourself and master the powers of your mind, you must align with the eternal now as a discipline, as a practice. Ramana Maharshi was very aware of the intensity of sadhana required for liberation. The intensity of sadhana, discipline required for liberation. You must actually apply the yogic teachings in order to consistently align with the Turiya state, which is a bliss state, but it is stateless. It's very different from the euphoria of awakening. The euphoria of awakening is when you suddenly realize that you are so much more than the limited you that you thought you were. And it's very freeing. Very intense bliss can arise. And then in the Western consciousness, this bliss state is seen as moksha, but it's just the tiniest tip of the iceberg. Awakening is just the beginning. Mastery, enlightenment, abidance is an evolutionary process that takes time. It takes time to make actual progress on the mountain path. Bhakti Yoga yana yoga bhakti is loving the divine so you can love your way to moksha through the divine practice of bhakti yoga which is loving love as love That's one side of the mountain path. The other side is jnana yoga. That's what I'm giving you in this transmission. This is a transmission of light. This is a transmission of the absolute, the discipline of now. So all this conversation about Ramana, about his life, is beautiful. But it's absolutely meaningless if you don't apply it. So this is what Ramana meant when he said, looking at a policeman doesn't make you a policeman. Looking at the self or the source doesn't make you the source because it tends to be grabbed by the mind and then you are left in this very superficial place. So what Raman is talking about is you can have this direct experience of bliss But that does not remove the vasanas. And he was very clear that the vasanas, which are unknown to you, must be completely eradicated. They must be burned in the sacred fire of sadhana, which is the process of letting go. It is a purification process of your mind and electromagnetic field. The electromagnetic field that you are must be purified, right? And as you do the sadhana, the yogic practices, these ancient practices, they predate Ramana by thousands of years. And there's a whole science to this. So having the context enables your mind to relax and surrender to what it most fears, which is the void in your heart, which from a mental perspective or from the perspective of your mind is death. And we avoid death. Mind and ego works in tandem to keep your body alive. That is its primary job. Its primary job is to keep you alive. So, of course, it's going to resist going into the heart, which is this void, right? This silent, vast, empty void within you. And that is the gateway. So ego is seen often as something to eradicate, to get rid of. But we're not talking about getting rid of anything. Ego wants to get rid of ego, right? But ego is the gateway to the heart, to the heart of consciousness, which is a vortex of electromagnetic energy. And when you start to put this in the scientific context of who you actually are, then there is this possibility of your mind surrendering to the void, which is the eternal presence of now, and in the deepest sense is Terea the stateless state of bliss. Sahaja Samadhi is abiding in the stateless state of Turiya and you are completely aware of everything going around on around you, but the body becomes inert unmoving. This is a deep meditative state. And in sahaja samadhi states, which do have a beginning, middle, and end, there is a deep purification process unfolding. A deep purification process unfolding. So if we use this policeman analogy of Ramana Maharshi, then you can start to recognize that, yes, if you look at a policeman, you can see he's a policeman, but just putting on a uniform and standing on a street corner does not make you a policeman. You have to go through training. You have to be taught, right? You have to be taught about the lo- the, the laws, the rules that guide your function as enforcing those rules, right? So the law of the universe is your own direct experience, right? Some of you have heard me talk about Sanatana Dharma, which is really the essence of Ramana's teaching, the eternal, natural way. And an aspect of the eternal, natural way, is direct experience. So in other words, you can't just keep reading and talking about spiritual truth, absolute truth, relative truth. You actually have to meditate. You actually have to apply the advanced yogic practices of pranava yoga, pranava meditation, breath, So why is discipline important? Because it takes discipline. It takes the discipline of desire for moksha. First, it starts with this intense desire to be free from eons of suffering, and it's very intense on a soul level. And when you have that intense desire, then you want to know, how do I liberate myself? And the answer to that is you can't liberate yourself. You need to align with the ultimate presence of God, Shiva, the quantum field, whatever name you want to use. You must surrender to that through the power of the mantra, the power of prayer, the power of bhakti yoga, and the power of jnana yoga. You must surrender the mind to this infinite presence within your heart with the, the prayer, help me. Because there's no way you can do this without the presence. This is why the presence is essential. The discipline of now is essential. If you don't practice, you will continue to be a slave of your mind, a slave of vasanas, which you know nothing about. So you could have these very high bliss states but then you just immediately over a period of time return to the old patterns of suffering. And this is the reason. Because the vasanas were not addressed. The genetics were not addressed. Your electromagnetic field was not cleansed. This cleansing takes time. In exceedingly rare extremely rare cases it's possible to awaken suddenly, satori. This is the Japanese word for instant enlightenment. In Buddhism, there's only one path of Buddhism that says you can actually free yourself in a single lifetime. But even that is probably lifetimes in the making, right? Ramana Maharshi was very aware of previous incarnations. He was aware that in the life previous to to the one that we know of, he had practiced self-inquiry, but had not achieved the ultimate cut, the ultimate release of moksha in that life. But that was the preparation so, Ramana's awakening, from a very naive perspective, looks like it was instant and effortless at the age of 16. But the reality of that awakening was eons in the making, many, many incarnations devoted to the discipline of now. And that is what self-inquiry, vichara ultimately is. It is the discipline of now. It confronts the reflective consciousness of ego. So really when we're talking about progress, we're not Running down the field of enlightenment to the goal of moksha, which is how the mind perceive th- perceives this process or an evolutionary process. But what's actually happening is the removal, the removal of the fog of consciousness, the removal of trauma, the removal of lifetimes of trauma, vasanas. So you're removing these veils of egoic karma to realize directly the Tariya and abide as that. So this process requires discipline. It requires the willingness to let go. It requires the willingness to be ruthlessly honest in satsang, right? It's not about lying to look good. We lie to look. We lie to protect. But if you're lying to look good or to make it seem like you've realized something and that makes you special, then you're missing the whole point, You must tell yourself the truth. What do you really want? And if you had that, what is that going to give you that you don't already have? So you have to have the maturity to look at the stuff you don't really want to look at. To look at your rage, your anger, your fears, your sadness and anxiety. Where, what is causing all of that? How does your mind play a role? So a big aspect of the clear way is responsibility, taking responsibility for your actions. It's the end of excuses. Ramana is the advanced yogic path of enlightenment. It's not a religion. You could be Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, doesn't matter, Jewish, any of the religions that are out there, you can understand, you your faith can deepen when you engage in the discipline of now, when you align with the presence of God. So your faith can deepen. So these ancient yogic practices is an energy. It's sound, it's, it's silence, it's energy aligning with energy so that you can see through the illusion of You which is reflective consciousness, reflects your five senses. This requires discipline, commitment, perseverance, surrender. So it's no small thing. So you could have heard many, many different teachers and different perspectives on this and think you... Know this because you've had a direct experience of bliss. But that kind of knowing is a huge trap. Huge trap. Because having a momentary, ecstatic state of consciousness is wonderful. However, it does nothing to address the deeper issues that keep patterns of suffering moving again and again and appearing again and again in your life. So understanding is one aspect, the divine. Understanding the yogic practices, that's one aspect that gives you the context. But then, and you have to study and contemplate what all of this stuff means. So that is an aspect of this clear way path. You have to study. You have to study the life of Ramana. You have to study what are these yogic teachings? How does it work to align your consciousness with the presence? How does it work so that you can master the mind? As no mind, right? Mastering the mind as no mind is the nature of Turiya. There's no doer in the Turiya. And then beyond that is Turiya Tita. And Ramana Maharshi was a living Turiya Tita beyond the fourth state of Turiya advanced state of consciousness. And this is why people were physically changed by being in the physical presence of Ramana Maharshi. But you can look at a photograph of Ramana Maharshi and be physically changed because his eternal presence is still alive. Ramana Maharshi is that which resides in the heart of everyone. And he is very much alive. And so the mantra is essential for moksha. Understanding it is the first part of the practice of the mantra, which are prayers. They are prayers to the divine for help. Let me focus on the source of that which illuminates all. This is the Gayatri mantra. Om Bhuvahasvaha Tatsavitu Varenyam Bargode Mahi. Diyo na There are seed letters in this ancient mantra that literally affects your entire body. It's like a cosmic bell or sound, a vibration, an electromagnetic wave that rings the gross body, the subtle body, the causal body, and aligns your conscious awareness with the source, which is Turiya, the Atman, in your heart. It does all of that. So just singing the Gayatri Mantra, aligns your consciousness naturally with the source and the more you align with source the more this purifying sound this energy field eradicates the vasanas and it's it takes time so it's not like you can just sit down and do the mantra for five minutes and expect to have results Results come with commitment with understanding what the mantra is, that it is a prayer, that it has powerful sound, it's a powerful electromagnetic energy. There's seed letters that are like laser beams that literally rewire your brain. Your brain is physically changed, but you have to sing the mantra all the time for hours and hours. It has to become part of your daily routine, and it can, because you hear that and you're like, oh, that's not possible, I'm just too busy. It is possible. Sing the mantra in the car as you're driving along. Sing the mantra as you walk along. Sing the mantra on nature walks. Sing it whenever it emerges in your mind. Om Namah Shivaya. It's another one. Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. You're aligning with these sounds with the heart. Om Namah Shivaya. As I surrender to the Lord, the ocean of bliss that I am. It's a powerful mantra, a simple mantra that you can sing silently or out loud out loud. You feel the vibration, especially if you get a group of people to sing together. So aligning with presence is the discipline of now. And the discipline of now is the alchemy of God. It's the alchemy of God. And it's joyful Because as you do it more and more, you align with the love of God. And you are that infinite love. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti Om.